1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Invoking Witchcraft. I am one of your co hosts. My name is Britton, also known as Archaic Honey on the Instagram, and I am here with
0: Jay Allen Cross, also known as Oregon Woodwitch on the Instagram.
1: How are you doing, Jay? I'm so stoked to be back on the show with you.
0: It's so nice. We've had some wonderful guests that we've been recording with lately, but it's nice to kind of be one-on-one again, get to talk to you, get to kind of hash out the details of what's going on in our lives. And I have heard recently that you have uh, met a bit of a milestone. Can you tell people about what uh, what you have? Yeah.
1: So y'all, I got, as you may have heard in previous episodes, I am in recovery for alcohol abuse. And I have three months sobriety right now, and it I have my I'm holding up my green three month chip that I got for my recovery group, and I'll just read the serenity prayer on the back here for a second. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I love that prayer so much. I say it all like throughout the day, because really, um, it's that, that discernment, which we're going to be kind of diving into later Crunchy on in the episode.
0: perfect. Yeah. Isn't it though? <laughs> uh, and it's so nice to be able to kind of like, they're talking about, you know, the wisdom to know the difference, because sometimes we end up just bashing our head against something that we can't change, or we end up not doing something about something that we can change because we think we can't. So understanding the difference and knowing Mm -hmm. when to just kind of have that surrender and then also when to fight is, is really, really helpful knowing that that discernment, Um, Mm -hmm. which as Britain talk about we're we're going to be touching on today, because we are uh, about to launch a little bit of a series here for you folks. We have three episodes where we're going to be talking about discernment and this is going to be discernment for um you know navigating the social media witchcraft world also discernment around how to tell who is a scammer and also discernment on how to tell which books may or may not be the best ones for you to be picking up and so we're going to talk about the art of 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 discernment simply because out of all the magical tools that we have at our disposal The most important one is your brain, the old noodle machine. Use it because it's really important.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, y'all, we really have to use our noggin. And, um, you know, we're going to be using that word discernment a lot in this episode, but really utilizing our discernment when it comes to other magical practitioners and the things that we see in social media, because... You know, social media is very much a part of our lives nowadays. And if you're in the spheres of magical witchcraft, folk magic communities on Instagram or TikTok, wherever you're at, uh, you know, we see a lot of stuff and it it influences us and changes Mm -hmm. the way we think. So we're going to kind of be diving into how to have that discernment around those communities because there's a lot of misinformation that flies around out there.
0: There really is. And... I I say this a lot, but I wish I had half the confidence of someone giving shitty witchcraft advice on the internet. The amount of just absolute confidence that they have, like, I I belong to a lot of different groups on social media for witchcraft and I see some very scary stuff go through there and people very confidently just giving answers that are completely incorrect or super off base Um, and then watch the people who ask the question going okay thank you so much like um, I'm gonna now take that to heart or people following someone's paranormal advice and then their haunting getting really really bad Um, it's it's all over the place Um, do you Do you have any like prominent standout memories of something really just like super cringe that you've seen on the internet that you're like, that's not how this is supposed to go?
1: I'll be honest with you. There's not a lot coming to mind. But the one that really stands out for me along the lines of misinformation, which I've talked about before, is that rosemary is a replacement for any herb or that anything is a replacement for anything in witchcraft and that mm-hmm. it's your intention that matters. It's not what you're using that matters. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's one of my big pet peeves in the misinformation realm. But all I have to do is just jump on TikTok for like two seconds and <laughs> you're just inundated with all <laughs> kinds of crap. Like it's wild.
0: There is that one where like this girl was they were doing like the put a finger down or whatever. And she's like, put a finger down if you have hair. Put a finger down if you like um, the sea or going to the beach. Put a, a finger down if you have ever collected shells and things like that. And she's like, and she goes through, like, 20 things. And she's like, and if you have five or more fingers down, you were a mermaid in your last life. <laughs> exactly. The face <laughs> that Britain gone. just made. I'm no, like... The the things that people do on social media for likes, for traffic, for all kinds of things like that. And we have to realize, too, that social media is here for people to get likes, to get followers. And people will do whatever they need to do in order to get those, including lie to you and spread misinformation. And that's why we've come across, I think, a lot of misinformation online, uh, according about, you know, witchcraft in general, is simply because... Right now, witchcraft is very trendy in the online sphere. A lot of people want to hear about it. A lot of people want to learn. And a lot of people think that they're going to be learning from social media, which is our first stop on this train is do not learn witchcraft from social media, period. You can enjoy witchcraft content. You can listen to what other people have to say, all of that stuff. Social media is not a vehicle for you to learn witchcraft. Social media is a vehicle for likes and shares and those things not for good, solid information. And yes, there are some people out there like Britain and I who are putting out good information, who who are here trying to take care of people and who are trying to kind of get more of the truth out there. However, we are also anomalies in that way because social media at its core is here to just be a place where people can attract other people and build their followings and people will do whatever they want in order to do that. And so what's happened is people have found out that if they create a witchy or spiritual social media account, then it's very easy to get followers because people want to consume that content. And so people start just making stuff up. Like, um, I've seen people be like, oh yeah, this is my, my new love jar spell to help someone, um, fall in love with you. And it's like, put lemons and cayenne pepper and ice cold water into a jar, shove like a picture of your would-be lover upside down in it and then like they left it to like just ferment for a few days and then flushed it down the toilet
1: so wait this is a spell to attract somebody
0: yeah to make them fall in love with you and i'm like that's not how any of this works <laughs> that no is not- because
1: you're just gonna <laughs> repel the shit out of them
0: yeah, if not just hex their absolute pants off. And so I'm like, no 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 no. But but this account is one that has put out a lot of this stuff and has a bunch of followers simply because people don't have discernment skills, which is what we're talking about today. So the first thing we want to talk about is just don't learn on social media.
1: Yep. Don't learn on social media. Go back to the basics. Read books, y'all. Read books. We're gonna talk just about discernment in um in like where we gather our educational materials and whatnot as well. Mm. But yeah, just go back to the basics. Speak to elders, speak to other practitioners, IRL. You may meet them through social media, but like communicate with folks and whatnot. And, And then, you know, if you have elders in your community, talk with them as well and read those books. There's nothing wrong. I know we talk a lot about action and like doing witchcraft is our motto. Um, But reading, you know, and going through the books and like understanding your history, the context of things, where they come from, where the roots are so important. And you're going to get a much better education through that route rather than learning purely from a meme account, a Mm -hmm. meme slash spiritual account, because that's what I have seen is folks who have like a mix of like a meme account slash spiritual account, like where it's like personal and memes. And I just see a lot uh, and they gain followers really, really fast because memes circulate Mm -hmm. very quickly and Mm -hmm. they go viral. Um, And then they use that for a platform as a soapbox, you know, to like talk about their practices and whatnot and, and the spells they're working and it's not, it's often really not good. There's a, there's an account that I'm thinking of in particular, I'm not going to name names, uh, (laughs) that really gets under my skin, but yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's something that I like to point out to people too, is that if someone has a whole lot of followers on social media, that doesn't mean that they are good or knowledgeable at witchcraft. It means that they are good and knowledgeable at social media. So being good at social media and being good at witchcraft are two very different things. And just because someone has a lot of followers, that doesn't mean that they have a leg to stand on in the magical world. A lot of really amazing workers only have two, three hundred followers because they're not here to necessarily play that game. So we can't equate a follower count to someone actually having knowledge. And you brought up something interesting, which is working with elders, talking with elders. And so that's a great place to start with, with discernment you know, um, how do we tell who is an elder? Is it just because they're old, you know, is it just because they've been doing this for a while? And one of the things I like to kind of point out when it comes to finding what people call elders, quote unquote, is, is two major things. The first thing is, um, they shouldn't have to tell you that they are an elder. If they're out here going, oh, I'm an elder in this work. Oh, I'm an elder in this. I'm an elder in that blah, 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 blah. It's, it's like when, when people are, um, are, are trustworthy. They shouldn't have to tell you to trust them, you know. Or, mm-hmm. or if someone is famous, they shouldn't have to tell you that they're famous, you know. Like if they're an elder, they shouldn't necessarily have to tell you. And the second part is that if they are an elder, they should be able to provide credentials. Um, I was re-listening to our interview with Anwen Avalon, who is a bona fide real deal high priestess. And if you ask her, like, okay, well, what are you a high priestess of? She'll give you the exact path and tradition of magic that she is a high priestess in she'll tell you who her teachers are and where they're based out of and what her training was like Um, all of that, because she has the receipts to back up the fact that she Mm -hmm. is an actual high priestess. And that's really important. Um, And so, and well, I guess maybe this is number three too, that I just thought of. Um, And if someone is a, is a high priestess in like six different magical traditions, I'm going to call that a red flag yeah they're like i'm a high priestess in the um the anderson fairy and i'm a high priestess in wicca and i'm also a high priestess in 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 voodoo i am a mambo and um and also in you know kimbanda or whatever if they have like six or seven things that they are a high priestess or a high priest of i'm concerned it does Mm -hmm. happen but not that often
1: Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to add a number four to that when it comes to elders is folks who have been through the many phases of witchcraft. So folks who like went through the nineties folks who went through the early two thousands and then to now, because like looking back on, you know, I remember the nineties witchcraft. Um, I was young then, you know, just a young kid. Um, but I remember what that was like. And then I remember the kind of traditional witchcraft kind of coming into popularity in the early 2000s and whatnot. And now this new phase of witchcraft where it's very much in vogue. So I think having folks having been able to see that spectrum of time in the morphing of witchcraft and folk magic over time, um, they have a fuller picture of it. Uh, mm. And where where not exactly... Knowing where it's going because that's always you know uh, who knows where it's going, but like they're able to see.
0: Yeah, well, and it's really good to talk to somebody who at least has a, has the perspective of what I call um, uh, there. There's BC and AC in 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 witchcraft, which is before coven. That happened on American Horror Story and then there's after Coven <laughs> because once the Coven season of American Horror Story hit and witchcraft just like exploded in the United States, um, there, there, the, the world of witchcraft before that point and after it, um, was very different because American Horror Story really is the one that really brought in the aesthetic portion of it. Um, that brought in kind of like this hierarchy portion of it um, that we didn't necessarily have before. And so for those who kind of joined the witchcraft scene after Coven came out, that's a very different world that they entered into than what those of us who are here before remember witchcraft being like before that point hit. Um, and then how quickly and how massively it changed um, between then and now. That was, that was a huge change when that came out.
1: Is that what happened? Because see, I haven't watched this show.
0: I I, I do honestly really think that that's what happened because like the, the exact wardrobe is now what everyone's witch aesthetic is. The whole thing. You should at least watch that season. If you watch nothing else, just watch that one season.
1: I definitely will. But I do remember when there was like suddenly an uptick and like a boom in the witchcraft community where it was like suddenly really popular. And I was like, where did this come from? How did this what did I miss? Cause I kind of live under a rock. I don't <laughs> I don't watch too much TV, however, I am watching Salem on your recommendation. And oh, are you? they really do nail the whole like traditional witch. Um, you know, like the la- I watched just the first episode and she's suckling her familiar on her leg with her witch's teeth. And I was like, hell yeah, this is so great. <laughs>
0: I love that. And a lot of people were really mad about the show. They're like, they're just demonizing witches and talking about them having sex with the devil and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, this is this is what it was like then though. I mean, not like not that it's a historical accurate portrayal, but um, but what they believed that witches were doing. They just made everything extremely literal of what they felt the witches were doing. And so them doing, there's a lot of like austral projection that happens in the show um, where they talk about kind of like slipping out of the skin and there's a lot of like flying ointment. There's a lot of familiar work, um, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. I I really,
1: yeah, I really appreciated the scene because now I'm going to talk about it a little bit where she did fly to the Sabbath, but Mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't like she was flying. She was put she had ointments put on her and then her mm. friend was masturbating her to like get into a trance state, you know, and that was how she reached the Sabbath. It's not like we're really literally putting our broomsticks between our legs and like literally flying into the sky. You know, right. it is a, tra- it is a trance visionary experience.
0: Yeah. It's that, it's that, ecstatic, uh, method of working, which is so important, especially in kind of like those older forms so that that is interesting i i could talk about salem all day and i really yeah. want them to come back for a third season um but we'll see we'll see um okay so kind of back on, on what we we're talking about about discernment in kind of especially the the internet sphere where would you say or like where have you found the the misinformation hotspots to be online i
1: TikTok.
0: yeah yeah
1: period um, because you can find a lot of really good information on Instagram, but again, you know, it's that discernment of the accounts that we follow. So sometimes I'll start following an account cause they got great memes and some interesting information, but then they start posting, um, you know, some really questionable content and it's like, yeah, unfollow. Um, but I do find that TikTok because it's a very, now I don't want to talk shit on our youth. Um, but it is a very young scene and there's a lot of very young and inexperienced folks sharing a lot of like heavy information, um, that I don't think they're quite ready and experienced enough to be sharing. Um, and this is not a diss on our youth. I mean, y'all got a lot of heavy shit you're dealing with, you know what I mean? And, um, and there are some very intelligent and also really cool accounts like you shared with me. There was like a really good Hellenic polytheistic account on TikTok that oh, shares yeah. really great information and what not. good stuff. is at
0: BatCaveFreak.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some good information out there, but overwhelmingly it is a hotspot of misinformation.
0: It really is. And and the way that the platform itself is set up really lends itself to being a hotspot for misinformation. Cause like you're talking about, um, the the folks who are on TikTok are generally a much younger audience. And because I I mean, quite honestly, with TikTok takes so much energy to do. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not even 30 and I'm already like, I am way too old for TikTok just simply because of how much effort it is required to do it. Um and, you know, I, of course, that's not to say that everyone on, on TikTok is is, misinf- is full of misinformation. However, the way that it's set up to try and teach somebody anything when it comes to witchcraft in 60 seconds or less <clears throat> in a video that also has to be entertaining. Absolutely. I, that's, that's not you're already set up for failure in that to teach anybody anything about witchcraft in a short amount of time and have it be accurate and hold the nuance that it needs to hold. It's just not possible.
1: hmm And then the discussion aspect of TikTok as well is like you're extremely limited in characters when it comes to commentary and discussion. And even mm-hmm. in the captions uh, area of a TikTok video, because I made like one TikTok video, which got removed for inappropriate content. And that inappropriate content was me smoking out of a corncob pat pipe and it was tobacco. Wow. I like to smoke a corncob pipe from down time to time, you know, <laughs> and uh, got removed. But yeah, just my brief experience of like creating a video it took a lot of time. Yeah. And, um, and it but was not set up for me to be in dialogue and conversation with folks. So if somebody did have a, co- a question, I was unable to thoroughly answer it because sometimes folks are like, could you please tell me the meaning of X, Y, Z? And it's like, I'm going to need to write you an essay.
0: Yeah. Well, and people have become accustomed to receiving their magical information in little short bits. And that makes it very hard because they think now that this information can be given in something like a comment on social media. So for instance, one time I saw somebody post in a Facebook group um can somebody please give me a complete education in how to do graveyard work? And I'm like you think someone is going to be able to adequately do that in the comments. Now here's here's the thing though is that you can say, "Hey, this isn't something that you can really learn this way." And then they'll ignore you because 32 other people are going to come in behind you and try and give them a half-assed usually not good information explanation of, of of how to go about this work. And then they will just accept that because it's information that is being given to them. People aren't used to having to wait or have to learn or have to actually consume a large amount of information before diving into something. And especially with something like cemetery work, you, you don't want to fuck with that and get it wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You want to read a book about it and maybe talk to other practitioners experience in the, in the realm of graveyard work. And maybe, maybe you want to take a workshop with an experienced practitioner who is going to teach you. Maybe you have to pay for that, Mm -hmm. pay them for their time and the education that you will receive, um, but you're going to get a much better explanation and learning experience through like taking a workshop, for example.
0: Right. Yeah, so definitely, I I like to steer people away from Witch Talk. I also like to steer people away from Facebook groups. Facebook groups are terrible. Honestly, I would say that a large amount of the time, they're worse than Witch Talk. Um, Yes. Simply because nobody gives a shit in those groups. People will say anything very confidently and I have seen some very scary advice being given by people who clearly do not know what they are talking about in these all over the place. And it's it's very frightening to go into some of these Facebook groups. So I always highly recommend, of course, if you want to go to these places like, like Witch Talk and Witch, Witchy Facebook groups and stuff like that for entertainment, for the social aspect of it, absolutely. Absolutely, that's mm-hmm. great. But to go there and feel like that is a good resource for accurate information on anything you would like to learn it's it's not going that's not it (laughs) that ain't it Mm -hmm.
1: right yeah i find that the tool of social media is excellent for inspiration Mm. and like looking at things that are pleasing to the eyes because it really is based on aesthetics and what's popular and what gets likes and whatnot so it can be a great place for inspiration but I wouldn't say it's a great place to be getting an education in witchcraft. Um, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So when it comes to building discernment, so you and you and I have been doing this for a really long time. So it's easier for us to look at something and say, "Oh, that, that sounds right or that doesn't sound right. It's easier for us to have discernment skills. But when it comes to when it comes to people who are just starting, they don't necessarily have the ability to do that. So, so how are we going to build discernment skills, especially if we're just starting? Um, what, what do you think is kind of the, the number one?
1: I think the best place to begin is to give yourself an education in the history of witchcraft. Um, mm. Because then you're going to be able to discern where someone is getting their information and from what tradition and what from what tradition they're kind of drawing upon here and a really excellent resource and book for the history of witchcraft is a book by Doreen Valiente called the rebirth of witchcraft. Um, she was one of the co-founders of Wicca and, um, but she had a different approach than Gardner. Um, and I really uh, appreciate her voice and that she was a woman And um, it's an excellent, excellent book. And I highly recommend that. And you can create a timeline through that book. That was actually one of the first things that I was taught when I dipped my toes into a coven was they gave me this book and they're like, we want you to draft up a timeline of the events that happened during the resurgence of, of witchcraft. And when I was able to do that, and then after I did that, and then, you know, was like looking at social media, reading blogs and everything, I was like, huh, well, you're actually you're wrong there. Or actually, that's where you're drawing that information from. That's where that comes from. Mm -hmm. So it gave me a a good foundation in the discernment skills of where information is coming from in the historical context of it. I know history can be very dry and boring, but the way she writes this book is quite a titillating read and um, lots of information packed into it.
0: Absolutely. Yes, get yourself an education and just start reading get books, especially. And what we'll, we're going to talk about in an episode later on how to pick the, you know, good books, how to, how to kind of have discernment there as well. Um, but yeah, getting yourself an education, the more you learn, the the more your discernment skills are going to grow because you have other information to bounce off what it is that you are hearing. And when we first start off, we really need to understand that we don't have those skills yet or the ability to tell bad information from good information. So I tell a lot of people who are new witches to develop what I call the mental waiting room, which is you're online or you're reading a book or whatever it is, and suddenly they come up and they say, um, they make a statement, like going counterclockwise is a releasing direction and going clockwise is a pulling in direction. Okay, do we... Just absorb that as gospel truth. No, we put it in the mental waiting room. Uh, that's an interesting piece of information. I'm going to set it in this pile here until I can cross reference. I can go look at another book. Does it say the same thing in another book? Is this other book also a good good book to be reading? Great, excellent. So now we can move that from the mental waiting room into something that we now know. The fact, the thing is that I see from a lot of people is someone goes like. Um, there was a slight breeze in my bathroom. What is it? And then someone on Facebook goes, "It's a skinwalker." And they go, "Okay, thank you. I know that now." There is no there is no quarantine period in the brain for information, right? Like uh, you you need to kind of go, "Oh, interesting." I'm going to hold that at arm's length until I can verify that this information is good. So develop a mental waiting room. You don't have to absorb everything as fact. You can simply go. That is interesting. I'm going to look into that. That is important for building your discernment skills.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And the, the saying, think for yourself, question authority. I, as a youth, listen to a lot of Tool, the band. And that was, uh, there was a particular song. Uh, I don't know who they looped into the beginning of this song, but it was a mantra. It was just like, think for yourself, question authority. And it ran on for like three minutes. And I remember falling asleep listening to that. So for me, very early on, I was like, and I, you know, contain this like rebellious spirit is like, do a question, the authority, the perceived authority that folks have on social media and whatnot mm. because just because they have two hundred thousand followers doesn't mean shit it just mm. means they have two hundred thousand followers
0: yes which may or may not be purchased which we'll talk about that in a moment as well because i'm gonna ruin everybody's day here in a moment um <laughs> but one of the last things that i want to talk about as far as um building discernment skills is especially early on when when you're new to this um a lot of times people will tell you to go with what feels right. And that is an important skill that that you will have to develop. But when you first begin and you have no sense of what information is good and what is not, I find it is not very helpful to lean on what feels right because then you can fall into a trap that a lot of influencers will set where they only produce information that makes people feel good. There are a lot of accounts out there that will take kind of an aggressive hot spirit like la santa muerte and be like oh yeah no she's nothing but love and bunny cuddles and and all this stuff because that then people like that they they feel more positive about it then they feel more welcome in it and things like that where they'll they'll straight up lie or or change the story of different things in order to make people feel welcome in it same thing with like there are no rules in witchcraft and there's no way that you can you know mess anything up in witchcraft or things like that Just because it feels good and makes you feel, you know, like it's something you can do or whatever, doesn't necessarily mean that the information is good either. So I always like to tell people like, you know, even if it does feel right, still put it in that mental waiting room until you can verify. And then later you'll be able to tell the difference between, is this something that feels right because it is right and it resonates with my soul or does it feel right because they're telling me something that I want to hear? Because mm-hmm. Those are two very different things.
1: Yes. Do not follow people who are going to co-sign your bullshit. And you need to know your own bullshit as well. So it's kind of like having discernment outside of yourself, but also discernment within yourself about like stroking the ego, um, boosting your ego, like hearing that information. You're like, well, I, I prefer that love and light stuff because it makes mm-hmm. me feel good. You know, um, when sometimes we might need to hear no, or Mm. you shouldn't do this, or yes, there are rules, you know, Mm. and then a lot of people like to jump to the conclusion that, oh, well, that's gatekeeping when somebody says no. And um, we'll do another episode on uh, gatekeeping, I think, at some point. (laughs)
0: sometimes no is good it's kind of like you know when your parents told you you know that hot thing on the stove burner don't touch it with your bare hand like that's not gatekeeping that's just good advice right there is a difference there's a Um, big difference so i do have a question for you how real is internet and social media witchery is every influencer the real deal Oh boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, there are some great folks out there who I follow like New World Witchery, um mm-hmm. Via Hedera who we interviewed, um Anwen Temperance Alden, Um just to name a few folks. Um I think that it is, can be real to a degree, but there is a thing that we have to consider is that when a, a person like Jay or myself are posting like pictures of our spell work, very often it's not a spell in action. It is a, a setup up um, mm-hmm. that we have that we've um, arranged things to look like a spell because I'm of the opinion that we should not be posting our active spell work on social media Um, You know, just for secrecy sake, like, you know, whatever happened to secrecy in our in our practice and whatnot. Um, And, you know, no, I don't think that every influencer is the real deal. I lately a pet peeve of mine has been the performative aspect of Instagram in this like, okay, for example, I had a friend whose life was a shit show. She was a, a mess. But I followed her on Instagram. We were good friends on Instagram and whatnot. And the perception that she put out was that she had this very well put together, sensual life um, that wasn't true. So it may, it's good to kind of take that into consideration. I think that if somebody... Yeah, you know, it's tricky because we we want to see the beautiful things. We want to share the beautiful things, but that isn't all of our life. Like Instagram and TikTok and and these social media platforms are but snippets. They're but a a fraction of our life. And mm-hmm. um, so I really think that having some discernment and looking kind of looking behind if we're able to see beyond that um to consider that. So yeah. I don't think. I think there's a lot of people out there who just want to gain the followers and make an easy buck Mm. off of their aesthetic.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something, too, that I've I've come to learn doing this work is that, number one, just because you follow somebody on Instagram and no matter how many times a day that they post, no matter how much they talk about their personal life, whatever it is, you do not know this person. Period. No matter how much you think you know this person, you do not know them. And I think that's something that's very important. And the higher I've kind of climbed in this whole like modern social media witch world, the more I've come to realize that a lot of folks who who are up here near the top are either frauds or or very close on that list um, of about things that they've done or things that they are currently doing. Um, So I always recommend that you never put anybody on a pedestal. And that includes Mm -hmm. me. That includes me too. And me. Yeah. Like I am not. Don't don't do it. Yeah. I am not some perfect witch that has never done anything wrong. Whose every spell just is absolutely perfect and, and all that stuff. No, it's none of it's true. Like, I mean, you know, we all in, in the immortal words of April Graham, who is at She of the Woods. She is of the woods on Instagram. Um, everyone takes uncomfortable shits. And nice. that includes your favorite Instagram people. Um, we are all just that we are people. And I, I think that that's something that people really need to understand. But I think something that really <laughs> exemplifies this. And I don't know if, if you remember this, because I, I, you, know, you were talking earlier about kind of living under a rock a little bit. Do you remember um, Audrey Kitching or what went down with that?
1: No, but I see this in our show notes uh, for our discussion. And I was like, who is this person? What do I need to know?
0: (laughs) So there was a really famous um, kind of spiritual Instagram account um, by a woman who went by the name of Audrey Kitching. And she had Oh God, I can't remember. I want to say she has something like, like a couple million followers or something like she would post all this astrology stuff. And, um, and she had this store too, where you could go on and buy like, um, you know, supposedly one of a kind crystal jewelry that she handmade herself and charged with vibes. And, you know, they, it would do this for you or that for you or blah, blah, blah. blah. And some of her assistants who she hired wrote an article outing her okay
1: i've heard of this
0: yes they just came out and were like first of all all those posts on astrology are stolen from smaller accounts that she's just gone around taking their caption posted it on her instagram and like called it her work um and then like a lot of the jewelry that she was selling too was stuff that they they and they had the receipts they were buying it from like Ali express or whatever, where you can get like a hundred, like a box of a hundred of these necklaces for like 10 bucks or whatever. And like gluing, like other little tiny crystal things on them um, and selling them as like one of a kind handmade for like stupid amounts of money. Um, And it, it was just, it was just an entire, the whole thing was a scam and they had so many just super devoted followers. And the whole thing was an absolute scam. And it, it, sounds, it sounded like she had tried to do this a couple of different times before in a few different ways. Um, but essentially what she saw was that going the spiritual route was a really fast and easy way to gain success and a following and start making money. And a lot of people see it that way. They're like, oh, great. If I post witchy stuff, I suddenly have 100 followers in an hour. Doesn't matter if it's accurate. Doesn't matter if it's stolen. It's a way to generate money and generate traffic on social media. Um, and a lot of people view it that way. So we have to remember that when we go into this. Um, mm-hmm. So I just want to take a small pit stop in the Audrey Kitching situation. Cause I do think that, that is important to bring up. Um, but we also have, we have compiled a list of red flags for, and this goes for whether they're technically influencers that you want to follow and you're trying to vet them to see if they are people that you should follow or just any Instagram account that you are looking at it as maybe a possible education thing or someone that you want to follow and kind of learn from. Again, I do not recommend learning on social media, but if you're going to, these are some red flags to look for. And I do want to state out of the gate that Just because someone has maybe one of these doesn't necessarily mean that they are a con artist. Um, But these are things just to kind of look for. And if they have a bunch of things on this list, maybe be concerned. Um, Or just understand that that person may or may not be the best person for you to follow as an actual spiritual guide. So... Mm -hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you want to start us off here with this list?:
1: Yes, I will kick us off because I do use one of these words.
0: uh uh-huh.
1: Uh-oh, I'm a scam <laughs> artist, y'all. <Non-artist. laughs> here I go. All right, so red flags for influencers. Too many buzzwords, y'all? Twin flame manifestation i've been a little guilty of the manifestation word but sometimes we do manifest stuff in our lives y'all sure okay and lots of shadow work um Mm -hmm. those are some some words um i could probably think of a few other ones but let's stick with those because those really do are the ones that pop out especially the twin flame stuff i see that around a lot like it's just a little tiring um, but yeah, if somebody is posting a lot about twin flame, you're like manifesting. And I also see a lot of like the love and light side of mm-hmm. things. Or remember when we were all the, um, witchy folks were getting, um, hello, fellow light worker. Oh yes. Namaste. <laughs> uh, yes. in the 5d, I, I don't even know what that's about still. Oh. Um, so when we're seeing these words, just, just. Put it in, like Jay said. Put it in that mental waiting room, um, and and put it on hold, and be like, "Hmm, okay, I'm going to observe and watch and notice what's mm-hmm. going on here."
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, and and I think what's important here is is again, it's not the fact that they're using buzz, buzzwords, but a lot of the times on scam accounts or or accounts that I, I kind of deem as kind of red flaggy, they will have word salad. That is just buzzwords, like are you manifesting your highest uh twin flame in this five d reality of crystalline identity? like what the fuck does that right. even mean like, I know <laughs> like look for word salad if someone says something like. That sounds kind of important, but as you look at it, it has no meaning. And I see that a lot too, where people will post things like, a witch is someone who dances with the night and drinks from the moon and breathes from the earth. And it's like, what the fuck even is that? Like, that's. Right? What? No.
1: <laughs> In a weird way, it kind of reminds me of Trump speeches, where yes. it's just cir- weird, circular, makes no sense, reusing words. There's no like coherent articulation of what it is they're trying to say
0: yeah and if yeah if they don't spit it out and i see that a lot where like on like scam accounts they'll be like take my workshop i teach you how to and they're always misspelled and again if someone has trouble with spelling you know that's fine that is a thing but for some reason scam accounts really are super into that um but they'll be like i i teach you to make man fall in love with you and be obsessed with you forever using dark spell I teach you dark spells in this workshop. Dark spells make man fall in love with you and be obsessed with you. Take dark spell workshop to make man fall in love with you. It's like, it's, it's just repeated over and over again. And it's like, it doesn't say like, what exactly that they're teaching. It's just dark spell. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. (laughs) Like if if it just kind of goes in circles like that, I be concerned. Be concerned. Yes, definitely.
1: All right. So what's our next uh, red flag?
0: This one, this one is going to ruffle quite a few feathers and I am ready for it. Um, Purchased followers. You can indeed purchase your followers on most social media uh, platforms. And it is, let me tell you, someone actually showed me that you can go online. You can just Google a free social media audit tool and you can... Just type their Instagram name into this little bar on this website, and it will tell you if they have purchased their followers or not. And it is shocking who is on this list. I'm not going to tell you. But just know that this is out there, that these tools are out there that you can check and see who has purchased their followers. And again, having purchased followers doesn't mean that you are automatically a fraud it does mean though that you are misrepresenting yourself online Mm -hmm. and that is a red flag at least for me personally
1: yes and you know i think as a strategy you know like saying as a person who has an instagram account and utilizes that account for my work and to make a living you're not really doing yourself a service by purchasing followers because a lot of the time it's just like bot accounts that are following you. So it actually decreases your uh, ability to get those likes, to get those saves and those comments. It's not real. Mm -hmm. And to me, to me, Having a social media account is about building community. Like I have a community of folks that I interact with and I love them. Like I love the folks that I get to interact with on my social media account. And they're all real folks, you know, they're real human beings. And that's what I would want. I would not want to go and purchase followers just so I can have a bigger number. Number, the numbers don't matter to me because what I'm looking at is like, holy hell, 10,000 people? real humans are like, have decided to like interact with me on this platform, like crazy. So I like to view it as like, these are individuals I'm interacting with human beings and not having like a bunch of bot accounts follow me just so I can have that boost of Mm. perceived popularity.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's scary too, is that a lot of people these days are getting book deals based on how many followers they have on social media. And so people like to do things like buy followers in order to increase their odds of getting a book deal, which is very scary. Um, really? In, in it my, is. Yeah, it, that's concerning.
1: But um, let me just say real quick, as a person who is writing a book, like there's not a lot of money to be made in writing magical books. Like, <laughs> there I really didn't want yes. to anyway.
0: <laughs> There is, there is not. I, I agree with that for sure. Um, so the next one that we have, do you want to, do you want to kick us off with the next one?
1: Yeah. So a shallow understanding or just shallow explanations of stuff. So if someone's going to like open up a discussion around a topic and they are not giving You know, there's only so many characters we can use. But if you're on Instagram, you can usually, like, utilize... I don't know how many words you can put in an Instagram post. You can usually articulate yourself well enough to describe a situation or a spell, you know, or, like, how to do something in short. Um, But it's when it's like you were saying earlier about make man be obsessed with you with this spell. You know, like, but how, but why mm-hmm. give me more, you know? So like if they're using those circular, unartic, you know, just incoherent, not articulate, well-articulated uh, statements and whatnot, just maybe again, put that in the mental waiting room.
0: Absolutely. And I see this happen the most with manifestation, Um, because, and this is something that that my mom always says, and I I find it to be really true. It's, um, she says, you know, how do you make a million dollars? You make a million dollars by writing a book, telling other people how to make a million dollars. And it's true. And this is something that we see with manifestation a lot. It happened with the secret and it's happening with people online who are running groups where they're teaching about manifestation and all that stuff. When, And this is something I've actually had a friend go through recently where they signed up with this company or with this group that was like, yeah, come to our, you know, weekly thing and we'll teach you manifestation. And then, you know, uh, you'll, you'll just have like thousands of dollars just coming out of the air all the time because you're, you're manifesting. And essentially what this group ended up being was them just sitting there using a bunch of buzzwords like manifestation and twin flame and shadow work, but like not really explaining what they are. And then like when people would be like, well, like, you know, I've been doing what you're saying, but nothing's happening. And then they'd be like, well, apparently you're not believing enough or, or you're not, you know, manifesting hard enough or, or you don't have the faith in it that you need to or, or whatever it is. And in, and as they're in this group trying to learn how to do this manifestation to make their life better, they're being drained of all their money. Because they're paying to be in this group where people aren't actually able to explain how any of this works because they don't know themselves. They just say, think Mm -hmm. positively and this stuff will happen. And if it doesn't happen, then there's something wrong with you. You are clearly doing something wrong.
1: And very often, a lot of times, those people are coming from a place of monetary privilege. Like, Yeah. yeah, they just have money flying around everywhere because you know, they got rich parents or something like that. Right. I see a lot of that as well. There was a, um, quite a popular podcast, um, that I really enjoy. And they interviewed somebody around money manifestation. And I was very interested in listening to this episode, but what the person being interviewed kept saying was be playful with your money, be playful with your money. Like that's all they could say. And I was like, but how? where is the how in this manifestation? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. What does being playful with your money mean? Like just, just spending it without counting it. Like, what are you talking about here?
0: (laughs) Exactly. You, you, once you spend enough time with these people, you begin, begin to realize like, Oh, you have no idea what you're talking about. I've just wasted months here in this group, you know, to, to get this know alleged information and and i see this too like on youtube or whatever i'll get all those ads that are like let me teach you this one manifestation trick that got me twenty thousand dollars in one day or like whatever and you're like okay so you know you either won the lottery or or got a trust fund or whatever it was and now you're spinning the story into you know let me teach you how to think positively and then your trust fund can kick in as well Uh, (laughs) like oh no oh no Um, Right. Yeah. So the next one is like intense focus on positivity or rejecting negative aspects of practices or works um, Mm -hmm. is one whenever it's like, like this is something I come across in like psychic groups a lot where it's like, I I joined one the other day for like two seconds where like, they're like, Hey, we're going to do like a mediumship training group. And I'm like, awesome. I want to join into this. And the first thing out of their mouth is, okay, we just need to say ahead of time that in this group, we don't believe in evil spirits. And we also don't believe um, that any human spirits ever get trapped on this side of the veil and nothing out there in the spirit world can hurt you. And I'm like, okay, I know from, a lot of years of experience that that's not true. And in some like, especially in, like mediumship, I sort of understand why they want to go that direction, but it's simply not correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The intense focus on positivity, you know, it's not like we need to be really focused on the negative, but there should be a balance between the two. Like, being able to express the reality of our lives and that we do deal with struggles. It's literally not all love and light all the time. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So that's a big red flag for me is when I start to see that love and light, um, you know, just always think positively. Well, sometimes, you know, not all of us are wired to be thinking positively all the time and we deal with challenges in our lives. How do we deal with those challenges? We say the serenity prayer. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> it, saves it will save you oh god yeah and that also too kind of folds into our, our next one and something that we talked about earlier too that's kind of like always saying things that you want to hear like if mm-hmm. it's if everything that they're always saying is stuff that makes you feel good like I feel like that's borderline sort of like taking candy from strangers or like if or or if they're love bombing you and you don't realize that uh, sort of a thing like if if everything that they do always makes you feel good and they never go like hey i think you should stop and think about what you're doing or like hey um maybe don't go over here because of these reasons you know versus just rejecting it outright um mm-hmm. is, is always scary
1: Yeah, be wary of those folks who are going to co-sign your bullshit um, and someone who... oh my God,
0: yes, co-sign your bullshit, yes.
1: Right, yeah. So for example, I had a friend of mine who always said yes to me. They were were a yes person. And no matter what I did, I would like show them a piece of work or something I was working on or a project or a situation I was dealing with and they would always be like, yes, you're right yes, this is beautiful. When I'm like, you can't even give me like a bit of a critique. It wasn't like that I was always looking for criticism. And yes, it feels it feels good to have somebody tell you like, yes, this is nice. But I also want to be like, well, you know, this piece of it makes me feel this way. And maybe you should consider, you know, like that mm-hmm. constructive criticism is really, really valuable. And just because somebody is saying no to you, or um, pointing out in a compassionate way a a criticism of something that you are doing does not mean um, that you're bad or that you're doing something wrong. It's just like a, hey, maybe think about this. Um, So you just really want to watch for the folks who are always saying yes. Um, And, um, you know, what what I notice a lot of, and this may ruffle some feathers, is... I see a lot in the witchcraft realm, a kind of almost an encouragement towards laziness and a, this idea that it doesn't require work. Mm -hmm. Witchcraft does require work. Like we're talking about here. We're talking a lot about discernment. Discernment takes work. Mm -hmm. What is the work that you have to do to get to this space? So, um, you know, trust yourself, but also question things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. Um, Especially when it comes to the work part of it, because that's something that always confuses me so badly when everyone's like, oh yeah, witchcraft has no rules. You don't have to do anything at all or exert any effort. You just call yourself a witch and then you're done. And I'm like, no other thing in the world works like that you can't just be like i'm a mechanic i'm a doctor and not go to medical school or fix any sort of mechanical thing or anything like that it's like you you don't just go around saying things like oh yeah i'm a personal trainer and have no you know background or certification or ever been in a gym (laughs) like you, you don't mm-hmm. you don't do that with anything else. So I don't know why we think we can do that with witch or or witchcraft in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, too, and I, I guess sometimes people are kind of mixing these things up too as well, because suddenly online witchery has become like a self-help even where yeah. people are suddenly giving advice that they really shouldn't, which brings us to our next thing. If if you're following somebody that's giving medical or psychological treatments through spiritual means, um, like saying that a certain stone will heal your childhood trauma or that they can make you a special tea that will cure your incurable disease. Um, That is all stuff that you really, really need to clock very quickly and run away. Or people telling you things like, oh yeah, shadow work will absolutely... Um, heal your trauma that is not what shadow work is here to do shadow work is here to integrate the things about yourself that are you know what we call your shadow the things that you've either rejected or things that you are uncomfortable with or things like that shadow work is not here for you to heal your trauma by yourself and it can actually be very dangerous to even attempt yes. that
1: yes shadow work is not pleasant It is not going to, and and as a matter of fact, it is actually quite triggering in my experience when we're Mm -hmm. making the unconscious conscious, there's a lot of taboo shit in ourselves. And like, yeah. (laughs) So be very, very careful with that, especially with the medical stuff. Always. If somebody is saying that an herb is going to cure something, run away, Mm -hmm. consult a doctor Um, You know, herbalism is great. Drinking your nettle infusion is great. Um, Mm -hmm. But if if somebody is saying that something's going to cure something, that's a big no-no. Big, big no-no.
0: Especially something that's incurable or something that is really a big deal. Like, oh, if you drink this tea, your cancer will go away. Or your chronic illness will go away if you hold this crystal for a certain amount of time or like whatever it is like not only is that incorrect and really dangerous information but a lot of times too that can be very ableist where it's like oh well you know you're chronically ill because you choose to you could just drink this tea and, and it would go away and then blah, blah blah like or or if you would just be more positive it's the same thing that we have in kind of some christian circles where it's like well if your faith was strong enough then your cancer would go away
1: right right or if you just switch your diet you know like i see a lot of that like maybe you should just stop eating dairy or maybe you should like go keto or be a vegan no Mm
0: no it's like maybe those things would help but to cure it or to say that that's like the only thing that they need to do everyone's bodies is different like some people do they cut out you know dairy or gluten or whatever and, and get much better but that's not the same for everyone And if you're not someone who has medical experience, giving that kind of advice can be very, very concerning. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that too kind of goes into our next one as well, which is um, if you see them engaging in in dangerous practices, and that includes things like, um, like, you know, having like really overstuffed candles so that all of their pictures are just like these raging infernos of candles and stuff like that. Like, yeah, looks really great for the gram. But number one, that's not necessary, magically speaking, at all. And also it's really dangerous. The other day somebody posted someone had this candle where they put um like dried belladonna on top of it and we're selling these candles. And someone posted underneath it, they're like, um, so when that starts to burn and you have belladonna fumes filling up your room and i'm like that doesn't sound good because i'm pretty sure i i don't know if it transfers exactly like that from dried plant to smoke but i i don't think that inhaling a bunch of belladonna smoke is going to go well for you
1: no it's not that's that's not safe especially if there are like pets or children around yes. and things like that that's really dangerous
0: yeah to just and so they're just selling these candles with like the stuff on it and it's like okay clearly this person is not educated in the plants that they are using and so why would we then be buying things from them as you know someone who's going to be making good things for us or whatever especially like I've seen some very dangerous things being sold or like um, flying ointments too which is often made with like a lot of really poisonous plants and if you get the dosage wrong or if you make it incorrectly you can actually die and yes. I've seen people yes. before selling it. And then Instagram is so weird because like you'll have someone with like this really dark, um, very edgy, you know, kind of Instagram about, you know, their work with the old one and all this stuff. And then like months after following them, they post a selfie and you're like, You are 14. Why are you making and selling <laughs> flying ointment? Like, I don't care if you were raised by, you know, Doreen Valiente or whatever. Like, I, I don't you're not a good source to get very poisonous possibly fatal materials from
1: right yeah it seems like uh in the instagram sphere that poison poisonous plant medicine is really popular right now and um you know there's a lot of value and a lot of good work when it comes to engaging with the baneful and or poisonous plants um but when it comes to like the beginner sense just work with dandelion work with metal start there they they people place a lot of hierarchical value in like oh you know we want the strongest most powerful exotic plant when the plants right outside your front door are are just they're hanging out and they're like hey bud i'm here for you and they have just as much medicine and just as much wisdom to give you um as a poisonous plant does so don't immediately jump to these extremes and be like jay said be very careful with folks who are selling flying ointments there's a there's only two people that i know who do sell flying ointments that i trust Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: they've been doing this work for like 20 years yeah and they know they know what they're doing so and even then i don't really mess with flying ointments um anymore (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> well a lot of it is so unnecessary like what you're talking about it's like people being like oh well you know this highly poisonous plant is really great for like a sore muscle rub it's like yeah and so is like 18 other plants that won't try, try to kill you like there's mm-hmm. so many other ones that are like not as dangerous at all so again we have to ask ourselves you know is this necessary and know we're kind of running over time so i want to kind of wrap up these last couple ones real quick um the last two on our list here are um having nothing to give but You know, shade? Are they just there to throw shade? And I see this with a lot of accounts where they show up and they make all this noise about how um, nobody else but them knows what they're doing. They're the only ones that knows the right way to do it. Everyone else is just playing make-believe and is just making fools of themselves and all this stuff. But then they also don't teach. Yeah. Because there's they either, one, like being able to say, oh, I'm the only one who knows how to really do this. And number two... Often they don't know how to really do it. That's why they don't teach. They just develop a reputation as being the one who kind of knows by repeating it over and over again. So if all they have have is just shit to say about other people, move on. There's nothing for you Mm -hmm. there. They're not going to give you anything. All they're going to do is continue to bitch. And the other one is new witches teaching others, which is one that I see a lot where people... Get online and they're like, Hi, I started witchcraft two weeks ago, and now I'm gonna be teaching you what I'm learning. And that's so beautiful and that's so sweet, and I love that enthusiasm. But how many of us like the things that we learned in our first year of witchcraft were either accurate or um, or we had the understanding of them that we needed to in order to teach them you know that's when we get things like so i learned today that wicca is an ancient pre-christian religion and then suddenly that's on the instagram and then suddenly that's being like thrown around a lot um you know i i love the enthusiasm and that's so sweet and that's so pure but they're not the ones to listen to right um and they're let's gonna look
1: back on their Yeah, they're going to look back on their own post in 10 years and cringe.
0: Yeah, it's really going to happen. Um, The last thing I want to wrap up with this is just remember that there are predators in the spiritual community. This means people who are after your money. There are also sexual predators in the spiritual community. Um, They are all over. So please just be careful who you trust, who you give your money to who you ask to come into your home or spend alone time with, just be very aware and use, use the old noodle machine, use your brain and ask mm-hmm. yourself if this all seems right or not.
1: Right. And, and also, you know, be sure to check in with your heart. Um, you know, we can drop, we can, you know, definitely use the noodle machine as Jay said, but check in with your heart too, about if, if something is feeling off, you know, check in and see how it's feeling.
0: Absolutely. All right, you guys, we will be back with our second episode on discernment in which we're going to talk specifically about online scammers, how to identify them, how to deal with them and uh, kind of all the information for discernment in that direction. But Mm -hmm. until then, remember, use your noodle machine and do witchcraft. Do it.
1: support for this podcast comes from our listeners. If you would like to support Invoking Witchcraft with a one-time donation, please go to invokingwitchcraft.com backslash donate. Or if you'd like to become a premium listener, join the coven at invokingwitchcraft.com backslash coven. There you'll get access to our exclusive Facebook group for discussion and connection, as well as access to occasional workshops. We hope to see you there.